This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. This show is number one, baby. Ha! Oh, man. I got Ply's voice stuck in my head. But anyway, man, good to be back on the mic once again. Let me quit playing with y'all. I mean, seriously, you know who really need to quit playing? College football. I'm going to talk about this uh, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher thing real quick. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Man, come on, man. Nick Saban is a little worried. This is all moving too fast. The NIL thing is new. Players are getting paid. People who or programs that usually is not a factor is a factor now because, you know, their programs are cool and players want to come there and players are getting these deals. But, you know, I guess Saban is just a master competitor. So he's worrying about it. He's always got to be on top. He's always got to have things organized and, and be in control of everything. Hey, Lauren Chamberlain. Hey, hey, babe. Anyway, huh, I'm looking at the, the OU game. I'm, I'm looking at the OU uh, versus Texas A&M game. Anyway, I'll talk about that later when I get to the OU softball part of it. But, man, listen. And their little back and forth between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Listen, Nick Saban called out Texas A&M and Jackson State. I guess he shouldn't have named names personally. He shouldn't have named specific programs. I guess that's just the ones that stuck out the most. Because, you know, everyone's trying to get adjusted to this NIL name, image, and likeness thing. But then, you know, Jimbo Fisher just went scorched earth like everyone has been saying. He sounded legit hurt. He sounded like it was personal. That's where he took it. You know, he took his Nick Saban naming Texas A&M as the number one recruiting class because they bought players. We don't know what they really did to get these recruits. It is weird that Texas A&M is the number one class. But if you look at their class, most of their players that are five stars are like D-linemen. They're trying to like, I, I swear. They got a lot of ridiculous defensive recruits, and some of them were supposed to go to OU. But, you know, the coach with the with the turmoil and all that, it it made it easier for them to go to Texas A&M instead of come to OU because of what was going on with our program at the time. So, you know, Texas A&M stole our recruits. We ain't, we ain't say anything. You know, it is what it is. It's just something, NIL is just something that everyone has to get used to. I guess everyone's pouncing on it because it's Nick Saban and it's NIL. And everyone's trying to get a hold of this thing. And a lot of people don't like it. They don't like it because it's, it's different. You knew it was coming one day. I mean, college football can't make all this money and players not get anything. You knew it was coming. It's just the way it's being executed is causing... Yeah, you know, turmoil and confusion and debate. We'll see, man. October 8th, Saban, Jimbo, Texas A&M, and Tuscaloosa. It's, it's, a, it's a game I'd love to go to, but since that's the week after my birthday, I better chill. And also, why would I go to that game when OU Texas is literally the same day? So, yeah, I can never pick anything over OU Texas unless it's personal, like my relative or something is playing. But, yeah, way too much talk about this topic. Nick Saban's just a little worried and looking a little like old man, get off my lawn-ish. He's, he's just worried. He's just worried that he can't get control of this thing. And Jimbo is just hurt. Because I guess he thought better of Nick Saban. But now, you know, I guess the feelings got in the way. And now it's just, he don't mess with him no more. Don't want to talk to him no more. But hey, the SEC meetings are coming up soon. 
we'll see if they come together, talk things out, and get an understanding. But if not, Jimbo is probably going to freeze him out, and then, you know, it'll be an awkward handshake on October 8th. And then maybe you know how time heals things. Maybe in the future, you know, while these guys are like 80-something years old, They'll come back together, you know. You know what we was arguing over is silly. You know how us adults are. Uh, we'll see, man. This this is crazy. I'm not gonna talk too much about it. Not gonna talk too much about nil. Like they'll figure it out. It's new. It's new, and it's big, and it's a big change in the way college football does things. It's gonna take some getting used to. Let's not get all, you know hype about it anyway back to the regular show is y'all tripping um nba playoffs so the warriors are up 2-0 guess i won't spend too much time on this because i'll be honest i haven't got to watch too much i watched the second half of warriors mavericks game two i missed the part where the mavericks were doing their thing and luca was cooking but i did catch the part where Steph Curry put him to sleep. And in the clutch, when it's night night time, it's lights out. No matter what Warriors game I've seen in this playoffs, when it's crunch time, Steph Curry gonna close it out. It don't matter what you do. You can double him. You can triple him. You can run him off the three-point line. At the end of the day, the ball is going in the bucket. And you're done. It's a wrap. I'm telling you. Because the Warriors have not lost a single home game. It doesn't look like they're going to lose any home game this playoffs. And it looks like they about to cruise to the finals. But see, we all thought that when the Suns played against the Mavericks. But here's the thing, though. The Warriors got more consistent scoring. And Steph Curry is better than Chris Paul. He's always been better than Chris Paul. Well, maybe not always, but he's better than Chris Paul. He's better than Devin Booker. Period. And then the way the Warriors play defense, they are a better defensive team than the Suns. And the Suns are not even that bad defensively. But, I mean, I'm telling you, the Mavericks had control, but then the third quarter... Just like Reggie Miller said, it was an avalanche. And the Mavericks went ice cold. It was just a shame, man. It just, they just sent them to the upper room. The only person that could score was Luka. And then defensively, they just had no answer for anybody. The Warriors were making everything, and then when they didn't make everything, they were getting offensive rebound. You know, I knew the Mavericks' defense was cooked. When Klay Thompson dribbled through a double team and st- and straight past a third defender for an easy layup. I'm like, what? What is life right now? What is this defense? What is this Ole paper mache defense? Turk. Trash. Garbage. And I don't know how the Mavericks are going to get back in this. I, I think they're going to get one in Dallas for sure. But this is going 3-1, going back to Oakland, and I think the Warriors are going to close it out. But I know, I know, I know I said the same thing in the Phoenix series. But I'm serious, bro. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. These Warriors look like they no joke. As much as I wanted a Heat Mavericks uh, nostalgic NBA Finals, because, you know, those are two of the most memorable NBA Finals of my life. I mean, I was 13, and then I was 19. No, I was 18. I was 18. 13 and 18 when the two faced off in the NBA Finals, and they split. I would love to see round three of that with new age players. That would be fun to watch. But this is looking unlikely because the Warriors are just too much. They don't lose at home. They're really good on defense. And speaking of a team who's really good on defense, the top two defensive teams in the East, and, you know, 
they both top five in the NBA in general. The Heat and the Celtics are gridlocked at one. I feel like the Celtics could have been up 2-0. They dominated the first half of both games. The difference is with one and two. See, the second game is up 25 at halftime, which is insane. The first game, I think they were up less than that. They were definitely up double digits at halftime. But the first game, the Heat went on a 22-2 run to open half. And they won the third quarter 39-14. And then they kept going in the fourth quarter. It was it was laughable. Jimmy Butler had 14. I mean, he had 41 points. He had to flip that. I had to flip that. I had to flip my backwards thinking. And you all already know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> man, listen, man. Then the second game. Once I saw that the Heat went down 70 to 45 in the second game, I was like, they're not coming back from this. There's no way. There's no way 22 to 2 in a quarter is going to happen again. These teams are way too good. You're not playing against the Wizards. These teams are actually good. I don't know what happened to Duncan Robinson. No one does. It doesn't matter. He doesn't play defense. And with a team shooting as well as the Celtics. I mean, they had double-digit threes in the first half of game two. Like, that's ridiculous. I guess Al Horford and Marcus Smart were the difference. Marcus Smart was really excited to be back. He had to be because this dude was cooking. This dude was really cooking. And I'm just, uh, damn, they played today. They played tonight. Oh, that's, that's vicious. I'm about to look at the... Box score right now. No, this is game one. What am I doing? Okay. This is game one. This is game one. I'm about to look up game two real quick. Real quick. See, game two. The Celtics won 127-102. Jason Tatum had a a solid game. I mean, it wasn't one of his ridiculous. But he had a solid game. He didn't need to go stupid. Kind of like in game seven when Grant Williams went off for seven threes and 27 points. What was that? And then once again, Grant Williams, who I thought wasn't really an NBA player. He's not only an NBA player, he's a solid role player and he's really good. And he is, he is cooking in these playoffs. He had another 19 in game two. Okay. Horford had 10. It's, it's a big difference though. He had a steal and a block. Jason Tatum at 27. Like I said, it was a good, not great game, but, you know, to his standards. I mean, four for six from three, that's pretty good. Jalen Brown at 24, you expect that. Marcus Smart, like I said, good to be back. I can tell he was excited. Eight for 22. He shot 22 times? What? What? Ain't no way, boy. Ain't no way. But, hey, man. It works. It worked for him. And he's able to get to the line, too. And he scored 24. Scored 24. And he was a plus 13 on the floor. No, he's a plus 31. Good Lord. 12 assists, 9 re- He went crazy. He went crazy, man. It was his day. It was his day. And, you know, with, with role players like that giving him that work, it's going to be hard for the Heat to win this series, but the Heat are a really good team. And, um, you know, I, I still have hope that they will win in six or seven, but it ain't looking good so far. Boston Celtics look like the better team. Marcus Smart and Horford being back ended up making a big difference. So the Heat better figure it out or – I think it would be Celtics in six, not Heat in six. Hey, man. We'll see what happens. But we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, on to the next here. All right. Okay. NHL game sevens. Uh, real quick. They had a bunch of them. They had a bunch of them. The only one I really watched was Calgary and Dallas, and they went to overtime. I can't imagine being a fan of either team 
and one goal just ends your whole season. You know what's nuts about that game? Calgary Flames had like 50-something shots. I'm like, what? how? I can see why the games with Edmonton in the next round are so high scoring. I mean, and but they, they won, obviously. But, man, the Dallas had their chances. They had about half the shots, maybe less than half. But they were right there. Their goaltender was insane. Their goaltender was playing really well. But all them chances by Calgary, they got up in there. They they got up in there and they won the game and they mess around, scored nine goals against Edmonton. Damn! I didn't think that was possible. But they did it. And they turned around and, and lost the next game. I forgot what the score was, but it was 3-3. I was watching it. It was 3-3 in the third period. So I think Connor McDavid maybe scored another goal. I don't know. He did score in that game, though. He is a beast. Trazetti, this going to be a fun team to watch for year to, years to come. It might be their time now, but I don't know. We'll see if they get past Calgary. I guess two ridiculous offensive teams from what I can gather. Uh, Man, this should be an exciting series. That's 1-1. But the other game sevens, uh, Carolina, they're like the Golden State Warriors. They just don't lose at home. So, of course, they beat Boston. Uh, New York and Pittsburgh was went to overtime. Uh, every time I look at Pittsburgh Penguins against the Rangers, I'm like, that could have been us. I told y'all, yeah, the Rangers had a hot goalie, but the playoffs is different. What I say, and look, and look what's happening. He giving up a bunch of goals. What did I say? That could have been us, bro. But we were loafing. We lose to the Islanders twice, and then the Rangers at the end of the season, and then we get play Florida when we did well, but not good enough. Just imagine if we would have played the Rangers, who struggled against Pittsburgh. But but credit to them. They came back. They were down 3-1. They came back and they won. Now, this just brings up bad memories because I think it was 2012 or maybe 13 where the Caps were up 3-1 and were literally minutes away from winning in five. And then the Rangers won that game and then they end up taking the series. So... Hey, they did the same thing to Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, and I love it. And I love it. Because, you know, the Rangers are the lesser of two evils. So I'm glad Pittsburgh lost in overtime. <laughs> Suckers. So close. And the last game seven was um Toronto and Tampa Bay. I thought Toronto was going to finally break through. I didn't know they lost in the first round five straight years in game seven. That is just terrible luck. I thought they had the talent to finally break through. And, you know, they got a young star in Austin Matthews. So I'm sure they'll break through next year. But this year, they choked again. Tampa Bay, everyone said Tampa Bay was going to win because they got the experience. Even though Game 7 was in Toronto. And that's exactly what happened. They pulled it out. You know, I had Tampa Bay going to the conference finals. Even though I expected them to play the Capitals. I knew the Capitals weren't good enough to beat Tampa Bay. And what do you know? Tampa Bay is beating Florida. It's 2-0. I don't think they're going to sweep. But they're definitely going to win this series. But man, it's crazy. Basically what I'm trying to say is. Oh, and the NBA Game 7's first rounds were, were terrible. They were blowouts. The role players went off. And um, so it was Celtics-Bucks Game 7 where Grant Williams went off and Giannis had no help. And then also there was another Game 7. It was Phoenix-Dallas where Phoenix didn't show up. I knew when Luka hit his first few shots, I knew it was a wrap. I was like, he's going to have an all-time game. I wasn't expecting the Mavericks to be up by as much as 
50. Now that was nuts. That's crazy. Anyway, NHL game sevens were better than NBA game sevens. I need to watch more of the hockey playoffs because right now they're just a little bit more exciting. But I know basketball is on the throne with NH in with NFL as the most watched leagues, watched professional leagues in the country. But y'all sleeping on these hockey playoffs. They're pretty good. They've always been good, but definitely this year. Four game seven, that is crazy. Y'all going to see, man, one of these days. Okay. Okay, real quick, real quick. I'm about to go through the Eagles and Commander schedules. The next episode, I will go through the Cowboys and Giants schedule. All right. Let's do it. Let's 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 do it. Let's quit playing around. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Don't worry about the preseason. At Detroit, that's a dub. Versus Minnesota, that's a dub. We're not going to let Kirk Cousins beat us this time. At Washington, that's a dub with 3-0. Versus Jacksonville, I, I don't know I'm worried about this game, but that should be a dub. At Arizona, we're probably going to lose. So that's so we're 4-1. Versus Dallas in Philly, we got that one. So now we are 5-1 by Pittsburgh. They haven't beat us in Philly since like 1967. That's a dub. At Houston, I got that as a loss. It doesn't make sense because we've been the better team for years. But uh, that's a tough one. Primetime, Thursday night, short rest. I don't know, man. That's a, that's a trip-up game. Jalen Hurts returning home. That's an underrated storyline. But I don't know about that game. I'm very worried about that game. Probably going to lose. Uh, we bounce back versus Washington. We win that one. We're not about to let Carson Wentz come into Philly and win. Come on. Uh, at Indianapolis, loss. we not beating Aaron Rodgers. Tennessee, and I think Tennessee would get us. So that's three straight losses. Uh, at the Giants, that's a dub. At Chicago, I'm torn about this one. Uh, yeah, that's a loss. At Dallas, that's a loss. So no, no, we'll we'll beat Chicago. We just we're just that much better than Chicago. So we'll we'll beat Chicago. At Dallas, we never win at Dallas, and it's on Christmas Eve. Yeah, we lost. New Orleans. I mean, we've blasted them at home the last two years. So we're playing on New Year's. Yeah, we got that one. And the Giants, of course, we got that one too. So I got us at 11 and 6. I mean, Giants end of the season, maybe the division on the line. Oh, we're going to smack them. I'm telling you. You're going to see. So there you go. I got the Eagles at 11 and six. It might be too much, but <laughs> we'll see. Now, the Washington Commodores. Here we go. Jacksonville, lost boy. Trevor Lawrence going to eat. At Detroit, all right, that's a dub. Versus Philly, I already said you lost. At Dallas, that's a loss. <laughs> that's a loss. I want you to win, but you're going to lose. Versus Tennessee, that's an L. You won't stop Derrick Henry. At Chicago, all right, that's a dub. Barely, but that's a dub. Uh, Green Bay, no, that's a loss. Aaron Rodgers going to cook. At Indianapolis, Carson Wentz coming back to Indy. Somehow, you'll win that game. I don't know how, but somehow. Uh, versus Minnesota, big time loss. <laughs> big time loss, boy. At Philly, no. You're not winning that one. At Houston, I'll give you that one. At versus Atlanta, that's a dub. 
at the Giants, loss. <laughs> Boy. Versus the Giants, that's a win. At San Francisco, boy, that's a huge loss. Cleveland, that's... Versus Cleveland? Mm, uh, nah, that's a loss. Deshaun Watson going to cook. <clears throat> if they have Deshaun Watson, which I'm assuming they will, that's a dub for Cleveland. And Dallas, you'll win that one. So, here we go. So we got, so that's one, two, three, four, five, <clears throat> six, seven. Another seven and ten season, and goodbye, Riverboat Ron. Riverboat, Riverboat, Riverboat Ron. Gone. <laughs> he gonna be gone. Second straight seven and ten season, you're done. It's a wrap. I'm just saying. So Giants and Cowboys schedule next week. That's gonna be very interesting. Can't wait. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh yeah, OU softball who I'm watching right now, and they are struggling. They are struggling. They are leaving people on the base. Um this number 24 pitcher they put in is wheeling and dealing. I don't know how she's doing this. Um, she's really keeping us honest. I don't know. Our offense, other than the Perry View A&M game, I mean, come on. it's Come on. Perry View. Come on. They had no chance. 14 nothing. We probably went easy on them. This game, Texas A&M, I mean, we, our offense has been a little off. You know, we didn't score for like three innings against Iowa State. And we only scored three runs against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship. I don't know what's going on, man. Like, I don't know where the offense went. Hopefully they figure it out. Because after this after this regional, it just gets that much harder from here. I, I'm sure we could beat UCF or Michigan. But after that? Oh, my God. It's going to get real. You're going to start seeing UCLA, Florida State. They ain't going to be playing. Arkansas Arkansas is really good. They got the same type of offense they had last year, but this time they added a sick pitcher who went to Tulsa. So it's going to be very tough, man. Uh, so they better get it together because if not, they're going to get upset. And all that winning. Starting out, what they started out, 40-0, and 0, all that's not going to matter. If they choke, I don't want them to choke. I'll be mad if they choke. I'll be disappointed because they like that. You know, you know what makes me sick about this season? This team only has two losses. Oh, they just showed that Texas A&M 5-23 all-time in Norman. <laughs> They probably haven't won in Norman in a decade. Maybe more than that. They might they might not have won in Norman since like 09 or something. Anyway, as I was saying, you know what makes me sick about the OU softball season? Their only two losses are to our hated rivals. They lost to Texas. What the heck? Anyway, man, I don't I don't know. Some some dickhead with a motorcycle outside. Anyway, um, as I was saying, we lost our two hated rivals. We lost to Texas, and we lost to Oklahoma State in a Big 12 championship. And you got Oklahoma State fans talking smack. I'm like, man, y'all haven't done anything in a while. You haven't really done much, man. Every time you do something, you run into that wall. You lose in the semifinals every time you do something. That's all right. If we see them in the tournament, we're going to punish them. We're going to punish them. Just ask Texas in 2012. They got a win off us in Norman. Came back in the tournament, spanked them. I think it was like 12 to 2. Y'all better watch it, man. Y'all fans talking way too much. Y'all haven't done that much. 
Well, you haven't won a title since 1992. You haven't won the Big 12 since 1992. I wasn't even born. The softball season ends in June. I was born in September. You're trash. Okay, you got a good program, but you're not as good as the Oklahoma Sooners. You got to live with that. This is not wrestling. This is not golf. You have no women's sports titles. And this year won't be one of them. Because the Sooners are the number one team. And they will tighten it up. And when they tighten it up, you and the rest of them, you're done. Anyway, hopefully they get it together. I don't know what happened to Jordy Ball. I think she got hurt. That's not good. Because in the long run, we're going to need a pitcher like her. I don't know what's going on. Hopefully, by my next show, I get some answers. Oh, run, run, run. Girl, if you don't get back on base. Oh, my God. <laughs> Doing a show during a live sporting event is crazy. All right, man. Softball. Get it together. Keep dominating. Let's do it, man. I'm trying to see another title in Norman. Just saying. Now, OU football just signed someone named General Booty. What? And he's coming for your booty. <laughs> if he get on that field, it's a wrap. But see, here's the problem. Will he get on the field? You got Dylan Gabriel, who's, I guess, the favorite to start. You got Nick Evers, who is like a three-star, four-star prospect. You got you got that transfer from Pitt. So I'm like, man. And then you got him, General Booty. Man, try not to laugh. Take this seriously. But I did not think that was a real name. Till I saw his Twitter account, until I saw multiple media outlets um, reporting about him. I hope you touched the base, girl. Anyway, we just scored, and it looked like Riley Boone didn't touch the base. I hope she did. No BS. But anyway, we got him, and I'm just like, is he going to play? The name is cool. The name would be great in Heisman Park. Seeing his statue in Heisman Park would be great. Here's the problem, though. He got so much competition. Out of all these people there, who's going to stay? Who's going to go? Ain't no way all of them going to be at OU by the end of this year. There is no way. You saw how quickly we just lost two quarterbacks. You just saw how quickly we just lost two quarterbacks. Uh-oh. They're reviewing something. Hopefully it's not the girl crossing home. Hopefully, it's the third base thing because, uh-oh. Uh <laughs> anyway, General Booty, man. Classic name, legendary name. His father played wide receiver at LSU. Maybe he played with Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, Odell Beckham Sr.? I don't know. I got to look that up. John David Booty, which is the most memorable fam family member because he played for USC during the Pete Carroll era. I remember that. I think he was on that team that lost to Stanford and, and Jim Harbaugh. But, um, yeah, I remember his uncle, uh, John David. I can't believe that's his uncle. I can't believe it was that long ago. Like, it makes sense, though. It makes sense, though. Because this is 2022. This guy came out of school, out of high school in, like, 2019. And John David Booty was playing, like, a decade ago. So... Maybe this kid was in elementary school when John David Booty was playing. So I can see how that could be his uncle. Like, young uncle, but I can I can see that. And then he has another uncle, Josh Booty, that played quarterback at LSU. I've never, ever heard of him. I don't think he saw the field. If he did, they didn't, his team didn't do much. But we got him. And... The highlights look good and look like he's accurate and can run a little bit. But how does that translate into major D1 football? This was JC in high school. I mean, we'll see. I would love to see him on the field. I would love to see him 
you know, become a, a major Sooner legend. I, I think he is Sooner legend already, whether he plays or not. But he could take it to another stratosphere if he gets on the field and produces. It's up to him, though, how much he want to work, how much work he want to put in. It's up to him because they ain't just going to give it to you. It's a lot of competition. Try and win the title. We try and win number eight. They ain't no messing around. All right, man. Uh, they were reviewing that. Uh, they were reviewing that slide at third base, and Jada Coleman's out. Man, whatever. It was a sick hit. It was a sick RBI. Uh, Jada Coleman be pumped, and she looked like Spencer Rattler, <laughs> but she's cooler than Spencer Rattler and has way more energy than Spencer Rattler. So <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey yo. What what's next here? Alright, let's go through some DC sports real quick. The Nats are trash. They are trash. They are last in the NL East. But at least they beat the Astros for me. Now, it wasn't the original game I was supposed to go to. I was supposed to go to the game on the fifteenth. They lost that game eight zero. Instead, I bought a ticket and went on Saturday. The only reason I didn't go to the game on Sunday is because, first of all, I had kickball. Well, I could have went to the game after kickball. But I was like, you know what? I'd much rather watch. I'd much rather watch my uh, little cousin Noah, who was in episode seven, if you want to flash back and look at it uh, and listen to it. He was seven during episode seven. You get it? Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, I went to his game. I faded the Nationals, and thank God, because they got shut out, Verlander was pitching, and he wasn't rocking. But the game I went to, Christian Javier was pitching, and he's been good. That was only his first loss. He was terrible that game. Everybody was getting hits. Everybody got a hit. Juan Soto was one for three. Yadiel Hernandez. Yadi, 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 yadi. Boy, that's his opening walk-up song. Just listen to Body by uh, Megan Thee Stallion. But, yeah, uh, he killed it. He had a home run that broke it open. Mikel Franco hit a home run. I'm just like, I, I was like, what got into this team? They had 13 runs after, like, seven innings, six innings. It was unbelievable. It was so fun to watch. And it was against the Astros. Rematch of the World Series. And I followed some Astros fans who are Sooner fans. So, you know, it was good to beat them. And, you know, one hot Astros fan that's not a Sooner fan. But, nevertheless, it was it was cool. It was everything I could imagine it would be and more. The only thing that would have made it better is if I would have won 50-50 I mean the 50-50 raffle, but of course, I did not. Game over. $10,000. Gone. Not in my hands. But it's better anyway if I go out and earn it. So, I'll work on that. One one of these days, $10,000 will be a drop in the bucket to me. But for now, I'm not even close to that. I've never seen $10,000 at one time. So that would be great. But I have to go out there and work for it. And hopefully I get off my butt and do that. But anyway, the Nationals are trash, man. They lost that series. Um, They have five-game losing streak versus the Marlins, which blows my mind. If you look at the history of the Marlins, Within the past decade and a half. Even the year they were good. And they had like 80 something wins. We were still beating up on them. And I'm just like. Man what is going on? Why can't we beat them? We finally beat them right? Last game of the three game series in Miami. And even that game. Was in jeopardy. Because like. Like Miami, right? They they popped out. They popped up, right? 
for a second out, bottom of the ninth. And they drove in a run for a sacrifice. But apparently he didn't touch the base. They reviewed it, and they said he did touch the base. They tied the game. We went to extras. But thankfully, late in the midnight hour, K-Bird Ruiz came through. And y'all laughed when I picked him in fantasy baseball. I told you he was nice, and he is the future. He's still young. Y'all in trouble. Y'all in trouble. Not only this year, but in the near future. Oh, we got us one. Thank you, Dodgers. Thank you for taking that gamble on Trey Turner, who's going to command a lot of money, and Max Scherzer, who was basically a rental because he didn't re-sign with you in the offseason. Thank you. Thank you for giving us these really good prospects who are going to be really good very soon. Y'all are in trouble, especially if we can sign Soto. <laughs> All we need is some more pitching. Is depth in our pitching staff? It's over. We got Kay Cavalli, though. That's that's one thing. Who was a sooner? I'm telling you, man. Y'all better watch out for the Nats in the future. I mean, we don't have no Adley Rutschman type player, but I'm telling you, man, it's on. But for now, they got they garbage. They sorry. And I'm just going to have to deal with it. I'm still going to go to the games. I'm still going to go to 4th of July. I need to buy my ticket. So it is what it is. But, man. it is Okay, it's not It's not what it is. It, it just it sucks. I want them to win. The World Series run was awesome. Now we're not even close to that. We don't have the talent. Y'all keep bringing up 19 and 31. That team was more talented than this team. So, um, I don't know, man. It's not looking good. And DC United is also trash. But the most encouraging thing, I do, I am encouraged. First of all, first of all, um, we got this guy named Taxi Arsis. I think that's his name. Faltis. I don't know where he came from, but this kid is nice. And of course, in the Miami game, when we were down two nothing, we gave up two goals in like ten minutes. This guy before before halftime, in extra time of the first half, scored a goal to cut it to two one. And then um, Olar Kamar tied it up. That was a game I thought we were for sure going to lose. And then they just came back and they got it. But, you know, you know what sucks, though? Yeah, we, we escaped that game. But I already told you about the Houston game. We got that game. Uh, New York City FC, we were at home, thought about going. We lost. So... And eh, whatever. New York is once again, uh, once again, top of the standings. Big deal. No big deal. I mean, seriously, I'm not that worried. The fact that we are still in this hole is awesome. And, and, and you know, I'm looking at the standings right now. All you need to do is be in seventh place. And we're just two games behind Atlanta. And it's going to be a long season. We could definitely make a run. Oh, Philadelphia is at the top of the standings. And then it's like four teams tied with 20 points. It's okay, man. We're going to be there. We're going to be there because no one's really separating themselves. I mean, come on. We're two games out of last place. I mean, we're only two points away from last place. And we're two points away from seventh. So I'm like, I mean, this is this is close. We're going to be in it. Because New England fell off. Miami still isn't there. Uh, Charlotte? Charlotte has as many points as we do? What? 
They're an expansion team. Toronto fell off. Uh, Columbus is okay, I guess. They killed us, though, but they're, they're okay. Cincinnati has 19 points? I don't even know what's good anymore. I know D.C. United isn't, but looking at the standings, they might be all right. They got two pretty good strikers. So they might be good because of that alone. Bill Hamid still doing his thing. So I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. We might still be in this. But from what I've seen so far, I don't think so. My gut tells me no. Once again, just like them, I'll keep up with them. I got to make it out to Audi Field. It'll probably be for the D.C. United-Columbus rematch. But uh, that's not until July. So for now, I just just keep up with them best I can. Uh, who they got next? Uh, let's see. Who, who D.C. United got next? Upcoming match at home today, 6.30 against Toronto. I'm going to fade to do lift, hopefully. Praying, praying right now, Lord, keep me out of that D.C. United traffic, please. Amen. I'm just saying because I don't want to be in that traffic. It is a nightmare. It took me like the last time I was there, it took me like 15 minutes to grab the, the chick that was, you know, coming from that game and wanting a ride. So hopefully that doesn't happen again because that traffic was a nightmare. But I'm going to be out during that time. So I might get I might have no choice but to stick with it. All right. All right. Before the hypothetical, the Mystics. The Mystics are the best team going on right now. They're even better than the Washington Spirit. Out of all the pro teams that are playing right now, they're the best. Clearly. They're five and one. Three and oh on the road. The one game they lost was to Dallas, because remember I told you last last show that we can't stop Arike Agumbawale. And I was even wrong about that, because the very next game, because, you know, we played them at home, they killed us, and then we went to Dallas, it, it looked bad. They jumped out to a 10-point lead. We weathered the storm, cut it to three by halftime, and then we just we just went Miami Heat in game one on them. We just 25 to 11 in the third quarter. Arike Gumbawale. Oh, no, no, no. This this is the wrong one. This is the wrong one. This is the wrong box score. <laughs> this is the wrong box score. All right, here it is. Here it is. Well, once again, okay, the Wings jumped out to a five-point lead. We took the lead at halftime. And, you know, I was right. 31-13 in the third quarter. We punished them. Oh, my God, we punished them. Oh, my God. This was the Shakira Austin breakout game. And this is what's going to keep Elizabeth Williams on the bench. Because Shakira Austin has figured something out. And she balling now. She had 20-8. and 20-8. And, and I think she had, like, three blocks and two steals. Like... She finally coming to her own. She's getting used to the NBA game. Or maybe the wings were a good matchup. But he but she didn't really do anything in the first game though. But anyway, as I was saying, Shakira Austin has figured some stuff out. And y'all in trouble. Because at best she's like a DeMarcus Cousins. And you saw how good DeMarcus Cousins was at Ennis Prime. And against Atlanta, she only had ten points. But, you know, she, she didn't do too bad. And we didn't have Deladon, and we still won. Deladon's averaging 18 a game. Man, come on, man. With Sakira Austin playing the way she playing, and Deladon being Deladon, and you know, you, you already know Ariel Atkins is a, is a solid player, French all-star. It's, it's over. It's a wrap. We going back to the finals. I don't know, man. You still got to watch out for L.A. and Las Vegas and Connecticut. You still have to watch out for them. 
Chicago still got their team intact. And uh, a dark horse is the Mercury when, when or if Brittany Griner comes back. That's a dark horse. You got to look out for them. They're struggling now, but they're a veteran bunch. They got Tina Charles. If they get Brittany Griner back, they could turn a corner and they could be really dangerous. And in Seattle, they're struggling. And, but they have Brianna Stewart, who's one of the best players in the league. And they got Sue Bird, who's a legend. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough, tough competition. But at the end of the day, we're playing really well. We're playing like one of the best teams in the league. I said I was hoping they strapped down Arika Gumbawale finally, and they did it. They did it. I mean, I mean, look at this. I mean, listen to this. Arika Gumbawale in the second game where they lost by 16 to us. Three for 12, 32 minutes, three for 12, over three from three. One rebound, three assists, six points. Now, I don't know if that had anything to do with the return of Natasha Cloud, but she got locked down. They strapped, they put the strap to her. So we need to do that every time we play against her. If we do that every time we play against Arike Agumawale, we'll win. Marina Mayberry had 16. Marina Mayberry had more than a Goomba Wale. Tierra McCowan only played nine minutes, two points. I hope she ain't a bust because she was really good in college. But, you know, whatever. Um, Mystic's doing well. I'm excited. I need to go to another game. I, I really want to go to the L.A. game and see them versus Lich Cambage. But that's not until August, and I might not even be around. But, you know, uh, let's see what happens. I might be around, might not. I got to check the schedule. They they only play L.A. like once or twice um, in D.C. Like, we already played the Aces. but And I was at that game. But L.A., we, I guess that's coming up later. Great start for the Mystics. It's got me excited. It's got me thinking we can win this whole thing. But, you know, we'll see. Rui Machida starting to fall back a little bit because of the return of Natasha Cloud. But Rui Machida, I like her future in this league. She is lightning quick and is not afraid to shoot. And it's just once she get them shots to fall, and she's a little small, though. That's the only thing. She... You know, she can get bodied by them bigger guards. But she's very quick. I love her quickness. So if she can shoot a little bit better, play a little bit better defense, she has a good future in this league. And I'm excited. I see what the hype is about. But for now, she ain't going to play that much because of Natasha Cloud. And I guess to a certain degree, Katie Benson too. All right, so now it's time for the return of the hypothetical game. Of the episode. In this hypothetical game of the episode, we got the Golden Angeles University Eagles from one of my favorite shows, All American, versus the 2017 Oklahoma Sooners. This matchup is interesting to me because you got Wade Waters from you got Wade Waters from Golden Angeles on the TV show, fictional character, but he's a Heisman candidate. And you know, he's been portrayed as kind of a jerk, you know, kind of all-world think he's bigger than the team. I don't think Baker was like that, but both of them guys got strong personalities and they look kind of similar too. So Baker and Wade facing off, it's only right. Yeah, so the 2017 Sooners, I mean, you got Baker Mayfield. Kyler Murray is a backup. That's that's mind-blowing. 
to some, but at the time, it was the right thing. So, yeah. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. This team is unreal. Uh, Trey Sermon, Rodney Anderson, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, C.D. Lamb, Mark Andrews. This team was unreal. Grant Calcaterra. Like, this team, oh, my God. On offense, almost everybody got everybody got drafted. Just about. So, yeah. Jeff Badette. I mean, he's been kind of appearing in these smaller leagues like the XFL and USFL. But uh, I don't know if he's in the USFL or not. But, yeah, Jeff Badette, speedster. He transferred in. On defense, okay, defense kind of sucked. But Stephen Parker still in the league. Ogbo Aquankro, or I think that's his name. We just call him Ogbo. Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray with the Chargers. Ponell Martley. Caleb Kelly. Marquise Overton. Trey Norwood, who's with Pittsburgh. Neville Gallimore, who's with Dallas Cowboys. Rest in peace, Devontae Lampkin. But, you know, they had some players. Trey Brown. I mean, they had some players, man. They just wasn't that good. After the Ohio State game, I don't know what they were doing. And then the Georgia game, they gave up a million yards. Anyway, this game against GAU, not only do you have Wade Waters, but you got the main character of the whole All-American TV series, Spencer James, and he is a beast. Based off, loosely based off Spencer Paysinger, but Spencer Paysinger was a linebacker. But Spencer James is an all-star receiver who is surely going to be in the NFL. I hope All-American ends up getting to a point where they show him in the NFL. Anyway, off to the game. So this game is at GAU. Baker Mayfield at GAU, the fans on his back. I mean, in L.A., but of course, Baker Mayfield is a beast. He don't care about none of that, and he's going. He's about to go off. So GAU won the toss and elect to receive. 11-yard run off the back by their running back. Like, just off the top, 11-yard run. Then two quick passes. Uh, Second one ends up being a first down. Then Wade Waters throws a bomb post pass to Spencer James for 61 yards and a touchdown. 7-0 GAU. Then Baker Mayfield answers with a nine-play drive and a 14-yard scramble where he stiff arms a linebacker and, you know, runs into the end zone. Oh, no, Texas hit a home run, and it's – Three, three, two. Uh oh, uh oh. That's just breaking news. Oklahoma softball is in trouble. Uh oh. Anyway, back to this game. Spencer James catches a drag, stutter steps, runs past the linebacker, juke move on the safety, and scores a forty-yard touchdown. Spencer James already two catches, hundred one yards, two touchdowns. Insane. 14-7, GAU. Baker Mayfield throws it to the sideline over a flat defender to Hollywood Brown for a 57-yard TD. Now it's 14-14. The teams traded TDs up until halftime, 35-35 at halftime. It is a fireworks. It is fireworks. It is a heck of a game. It is one heck of a game so far. Uh, Wade... Waters at halftime, four TD passes, three to Spencer James. Baker Mayfield, three touchdowns, one rushing. In the opening drive of the third quarter, Baker Mayfield throws it to Mark Andrews. He runs over a corner, stiff arms the safety to the end zone, 25 yards for a touchdown, 42-35 OU. GAU three and out. Austin Seibert, field goal after eight-play drive stalls. 45-35 OU. OU scores the next two drives with two Rodney Anderson touchdowns, 24 yards out and nine yards out. 
JU stalls, and they had a missed field goal in one of these drives. So now it's 59-35 at the end of three. In the fourth quarter, Ogbo gets three, gets free. Ogbo gets free. Ogbo gets free. Sacks Wade, causes a fumble. Caleb Kelly picks it up and scores. That was his fourth sack of the game. Fourth sack of the second half. <laughs> Unreal. 66-35-2017 OU. Jordan Baker comes in after that sack fumble, and he throws a TD, 66-42. OU mostly runs the ball after that. Kyler Murray comes in the game, and he had two ca- two carries for 90 yards. He had two carries for 90 yards. He was three for three for 45 yards. So he came in killing it. Uh, Jordan Baker... Had a nice drive at the end of the game, but threw an interception in the end zone as time expires. And that is a wrap. 2017 OU 66. GAU from the from All-American 642. So OU 66, GAU 42. So Baker was 23 for 35, 405 yards, four touchdowns, one rushing. Uh, Rodney Anderson, 15 carries, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Just read you Kyler Murray's stats. Wade Waters was 20 for 30, 255 yards, four touchdowns, and a fumble loss. Spencer James, seven catches, 155 yards, three TD. Didn't do anything in the second half and pretty much sat out half the fourth quarter. So... That is a hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. Hey, GoatLevelTees.com for everything Goat Level. About to turn up. Everyone's welcome on the bandwagon. Hey, it's never too late to get on a bandwagon. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.